0: And welcome to the NFL Draft. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rich Sports Talk on another draft day special for you today. This is our second full first-round mock draft with all 32 teams. Now, this draft is very unique. We've updated since the Jets' current trade, moving up to the three position with the Indianapolis Colts. And this draft also, we're going to have a bunch of trades. Uh, I think we've seen it already this offseason. A lot of teams are scrambling up to get those quarterbacks. I've made a couple predictions in this mock draft of who's going to be trading up. But we have also included the Jets trade up. So without further ado, we're going to get right into this NFL mock draft for the 2018 NFL draft. And on the clock first, the Cleveland Browns. Now, I've heard a lot of speculation that the Browns are going to take Shaquan Barkley with the first overall pick. You can't take a running back at number one when you need a franchise quarterback. The franchise quarterback, they touch the ball every single play on the offense. They're more valuable. They have longer careers. And for Cleveland, they have Tyrod Taylor. I understand that he can be a good bridge quarterback, but you cannot pass on a top prospect now. They could pick whoever they want the first pick, but I think they're going to go with Sam Donald, widely regarded as the best prospect in this draft. And it's a good situation for him. He doesn't have to come in right away with the moves they've made, bringing in Tyrod Taylor this offseason at quarterback. This kid's a gamer, and the big thing is he's one of those few prospects and quarterbacks. He makes everyone better around him. He elevated the talent at USC. USC hadn't had that much talent over the last two years, but he really did a great job elevating that offense, especially the wide receivers and running backs. And it's rare to find a player that can elevate talent like that. He makes people better around him, and more importantly, He plays well when the spotlight is the brightest in the fourth quarter. He plays his best football. He's going to make mistakes. He's a little bit of a gunslinger. He's going to turn the ball over. He's got a little bit of a Brett Favre in him. But when you need him, when the chips are down, he's proven in college that he can be a good late-in-game quarterback. I think he's the best prospect, and he also has the highest ceiling of all these prospects. So for Cleveland, they have a lot of picks. They have a lot of draft capital. They also have the fourth pick, which we'll get into but I don't think they're going to get Shaquan Barkley. Or I, there's no question. I think Shaquan Barkley is immensely talented. But you need a franchise quarterback. There's only so many chances you get to draft the quarterback of this caliber in the draft. So for Cleveland, number one, they're going with Sam Donald. With the second pick in the draft, the New York Giants right now have them staying pat. And they'll draft Shaquan Barkley out of Penn State, the running back, with the second pick. Look, I think the Giants really should invest in a franchise quarterback. I think they need to be thinking long-term. But you've looked at the moves they've made this offseason, getting a lot of veterans on this team. And to me, more importantly, I think that they're a conservative organization. They didn't like what happened with Eli Manning last year. They felt uncomfortable when they did that benching move, even though, in my opinion, it was the right move to give another quarterback an opportunity, see what you had on that roster. The Giants are very uncomfortable. They don't want to be put in that situation with the fan base and the media in New York again. And I think you look at the moves, especially bringing in those veteran players on the offensive line. They're going for it. They're going to try to make another run with Eli Manning over this next year or two. They have Odell Beckham. So they're going to get Shaquan Barkley, who will take a lot of that pressure off of Eli Manning. Give him a guy he can hand the ball off to 20, 25 times a game. Gives them another weapon on that offense with Odell Beckham. Gives them a guy that can control the clock, especially last year. The Giants, over the last two years, they're one of the, the teams that have the worst time of possession in the NFL. That means that defense is on the field more and more and more. Having a good running game like this will help control it, keep that defense fresh. And the Giants' strength right now, believe it or not, we talk about their offense, it's their defense. Great front four, great secondary. That's what carried them to the playoffs two years ago. They need to help that, and the best way to do that is get a good running back to control the clock. To me, I think the Giants are going to skip out on the quarterback. I think it's the wrong choice, but just reading what they're doing this offseason, seeing the moves they've already made, I think they're going to go with the running back, get a guy in to help Eli get one more, maybe two more runs over the next two or three seasons to get back in the postseason with Eli Manning. At number three, the New York Jets trading up with the Indianapolis Colts. What does that mean? They're getting a quarterback. To me, this proves that they like at least three guys that they feel confident could be their franchise quarterback. I'm saying they're going to go with Josh now of UCLA. I think the the Jets have done their homework. I think they've talked to Cleveland. They've asked Cleveland in confidence who they're taking, or they've gotten a sense that Cleveland is going to take a quarterback or know what quarterback they're going to take. And number two with the Giants, I think the Jets think they're going to go with Shaquan Barkley as well. Uh, I think that they would gauge that the Giants probably not toward drafting a quarterback. Now could a team move up to take a quarterback in front of the Jets? That's just sternly a possibility. I don't think a team has the capital to go in front, and I think the Giants will win now, and Jaquan Barkley is one of those few prospects in this draft that can help them make an impact next season. So the Jets are going to have their pick, and I think they're going to go with Josh Roche out of UCLA. He's the most talented thrower in this class. He's got that, injuries is one of those concerns with him, a little bit slender in college, but the Jets have also now, they've brought in Josh McCown for another year, Teddy Bridgewater for a year. So they could use Josh Rosen on the bench next year, put him in a weight program, help him gain 10, maybe 15 pounds, get a solid base so he can take more hits, more punishment, and also learn their system. People worry about his opinions off the field, a little bit of his leadership, but in terms of the best overall thrower and the guy who could come in right away and make the quickest transition to the NFL, it would be Josh Rosen. And I think the Jets, they single that they really like Rosen. I know there's been a lot of talk that they've been trying to move up. But when did they make this move up? It was right after Josh Rosen's pro day. I think they feel confident that they're going to get him. I think they feel confident that Baker Mayfield could be a backup or Josh Allen. But to me, the Jets made this move because they're confident they're going to get Josh Rosen. They like what he can do. They love the way he can throw the football. And they feel he can be their franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. So that's who the Jets go with. And for the fourth pick, we have a trade. Yes, we have a trade. Moving up to get a quarterback at four will be the Buffalo Bills. I don't think the Bills will have the draft capital to jump all the way to two. I think they're the one team the Jets have to worry about. Cleveland will have their quarterback at this point. They'll look at the Bills and look at all that draft capital. I'm having them train both first-round picks this year that the Bills do have in the first round. Brown's feel confident they can move back and still get good players. Meanwhile, the Bills jump ahead of Denver. So the Denver can't draft the quarterback ahead of them. So they feel that this is a good spot. They mortgage a the farm to move up. And more importantly, Buffalo sees this spot in front of five. Keep in mind, Denver's picking at five. They want to jump ahead of Denver in case the Broncos want to pick a quarterback. They go with Josh Allen. A lot of people think he's the third best quarterback in the draft. Big arm, big strong kid. Played out of Wyoming. I know he only had 57% completion in college, which is worrisome. But he has some of the best arm talent in the draft. Many people think he's got the best arm. And they're going to have to play outdoors in Buffalo. November, December, you need a strong army. You need a quarterback that can play in those elements. And for Buffalo, we've seen it this offseason. They were doing what the Eagles did a couple of years ago with Carson Wentz subtly moving up the draft. They moved up to 12 with the Bengals. They have the pick in the early 20s that they're going to flip here as well. But for Cleveland, they get multiple picks in the first round, which they want to help build up this roster again. And for Buffalo, they're able to jump in front of the Broncos and get the quarterback that they want and feel that they can build around for the next decade at number five we have the Denver Broncos missing out on the top three quarterbacks I think they're very happy with Case Keenum I think that at this point in the draft they don't want to draft Baker Mayfield so what are they going to do at number five they're going to get Bradley Chubb who's the best pass rusher in this draft this is a big kid compared to Mario Williams big fast the best pass rusher in this draft many scouts that I've talked to said he is the clear cut best defensive player in the draft the biggest impact player on the defensive side the ball in the draft Putting him alongside Von Miller helps build up that defense. And the way Denver is built, they're built to play around great defense. This is going to help Von Miller out. It's going to make that defense ferocious. And I think they feel confident enough that Case King can make enough plays if they build up that defense, especially adding Chubb here, that they're going to be competing in that AFC West next season. At number six, the Colts are going to draft Quinton Nelson, the guard out of Notre Dame. This is after they trade with Jets. They trade back. Now, they have a couple of options that they could do here. They could go defensively. They could go pass rusher. But what has been the biggest issue is that Andrew Luck hasn't been on the field. We don't know if he's going to be 100% next year, but he missed all of last season because he doesn't have protection. Now, there isn't a great left tackle to get here at this point, but they're going to get the best offensive prospect, offensive line prospect in the draft in Quentin Nelson. And I've talked to many scouts. They feel Nelson is going to be an all-pro. He's the safest pick in this draft, and he instantly will upgrade that offensive line. This is an offensive line. Keep in mind, too, a quarter of their games going against great pass rushers. They're going against Jacksonville twice a year. They're going against Houston twi- twice a year. And Tennessee is no slouch. They're going to have a defensive coach in Mike Vrabel. Their defense should improve. You're going to need to protect Andrew Luck, especially being out over a year out of football. You need to give as much protection as possible to get one of the safest picks in the draft, but also a pick that helps to solidify the offensive line that's been just a mess in protecting Andrew Luck. Now, Tampa Bay at 7 finds themselves in a unique spot. They could trade back. Maybe the team wants to jump up and grab Baker, Baker Mayfield here. However, even though they don't necessarily need a quarterback, I'm taking Mika Fitzpatrick out of Alabama. The Best secondary prospect in the draft. This kid can line up at slot corner, outside corner safety. A lot of versatility. They do need a pass rusher in Tampa Bay. They do need offensive line help. But the versatility that, that Fitzpatrick has in that secondary This is a team that doesn't have a lot of great corners. Brent Grimes only on a one-year contract. And more importantly, they're in a division with three franchise quarterbacks. Cam Newton, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan. Six games out of the 16, you're playing quality quarterbacks. You're going to need guys that can defend the pass. He's a versatile defender, one of the better corners in this trap, but he also can play safety. So I think Tampa maybe not gets the biggest need that they have, but they just draft the best prospects still on the board at seven. And we have another trade, this one up to pick eight. The Arizona Cardinals will trade up with the Chicago Bears to select Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma. This will be a desperation move by Arizona. Keep this in mind. In the NFC, you have every single team outside of Arizona has a bona fide franchise quarterback or a guy who they feel can be a franchise quarterback. Now they're in division where Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and Russell Wilson are going to be franchise quarterbacks, likely for the next decade for those teams. Arizona's going to feel desperate. They need to make a splash. They've already, they're in a complete rebuild, and they need to jumpstart this rebuild. And Baker Mayfield, this is one of the few franchises where his age, he's two years older than the other quarterback prospects, might actually help him because it looks like he would be the starter from day one or at least have to jump in because keep in mind, Sam Bradford, they gave him all that money, but he has a degenerate knee problem. That means it's not getting any better. So they're going to have to probably go to Mayfield at some point. I feel they're going to give up their picks for next year, their first-round pick at least for next year to move up. I think Chicago doesn't have a guy that they really love at this point. Could they go wide receiver out of Alabama? That's definitely possible. However, Arizona gets desperate. They want to jump ahead of San Francisco because they know San Francisco won't trade with them in division. And even though San Francisco won't draft a quarterback at 9, they're in a situation where they could trade back to a team that wants to get a quarterback and move up ahead. And really, when you talk to a lot of scouts, uh, we're getting to that second tier, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, the two quarterback classes outside the big three, that scouts feel could be the next potential franchise quarterbacks. So what they do, they move up, they get a quarterback that they feel can be their franchise quarterback and they get in front of San Francisco at 9. Speaking of 9, the San Francisco 49ers are going to draft Denzel Ward, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Now, I've heard from people in the industry that San Francisco really likes Ward as a prospect. Their secondary needs a lot of help. They're going, once again, we talked about it with Arizona. They're in a division with a lot of great franchise quarterbacks and offense. And even though they signed Richard Sherman, keep in mind, he's 30 years old. They brought him in. However... He's coming off two Achilles injuries. So even if Ward comes in, he could be a great number two. You're not sure if Sherman can get through a whole season. So Ward's a good second or third option. This team's defense, they're building it the right way. they got a great front seven. The weakness on that defense is the back end. They go and get a kid that they really like, a good shutdown corner, who at least can start the season as their number two And then if Sherman gets injured or if he plays well enough, could be upgraded to their number one corner before the end of the season. At number 10, I have Oakland taking Marvis Davenport, the defensive man of Texas San Antonio. This kid's big. He's one of those raw prospects. He runs his ziggy and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul in terms of maybe not the biggest name, but 6'6", 255 pounds, explosive kid, can really get off that edge and would give them a great complimentary pass rusher to Khalil Mack. We've seen what Oakland's been doing in free agency. They've really been helping improve the offensive side of the ball. Gruden helps upgrade the offensive side of the ball. But their Achilles heel was their defense. They need to get better. Could they go secondary here? That's certainly a possibility. But when you have Khalil Mack on one side, now you throw Davenport on the other. You really help improve that pass rush, which was a big problem with their consistency last year. And keep in mind, get a better pass rush. You help the back end, help those corners. They don't have to cover as long. So they get one of the better prospects in this draft. Guy who's really raw, but I think once you see him in his pro day, and you look at the size and the speed that he has for a combination, it's going to be hard to pass up. Especially giving Khalil Mack a good compliment on the other side. At pick 11, I have the Dolphins taking Vita Vea, the defensive tackle out of Washington. The Dolphins cut in Dominic Sue to save cap space. They have a big gap in the middle of their defense. Could they just go corner? Absolutely. Could they possibly look to get another wide receiver in there? No question. But they're going to need to improve the interior of that defensive line. Vea killed two birds with one stone. He's a great run stuffer. And despite being 347 pounds, this guy can get after the quarterback. Now, is he going to be a double-digit sack guy like Sue? No, but this is a guy that could probably get you six to eight sacks in a season. He's versatile. He can play all the way, all the different positions on the defensive line, from defensive end, nose tackle, defensive tackle, and multiple schemes. He's one of the best athletes in this draft. And you saw him dominate at the Combine. He's a big guy, and they really need it they have a big hole in their defense now down Dominic and Sue. They need to fill it. And I think this is a draft where they can get good secondary help and receivers down the line in round two. But getting an impact defensive tackle like this will be very hard to find later. So that's why they get Vea out of Washington now. At number 12, the Cleveland Browns on the clock after trading with the Bills. Who do they get? They get Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. Browns have a new franchise quarterback in Sam Don that they get, but they also have Tyrod Taylor. But more importantly, they don't have Joe Thomas anymore. Retiring from the Browns uh, was a Hall of Famer at left tackle for this team. This offensive line needs a major major overhaul, and even if he's not the left tackle next year, McGlinchey is one of those guys that figures to be a left tackle in the long term could easily start for this team at right tackle. And Notre Dame is one of the few schools right now in the country that's really consistently putting out great offensive line talent into the NFL. He'll be a plug-and-play player right away and potentially a left tackle for this franchise for the next decade. Is he the next Joe Thomas? No, but is he a guy that can come in and be a solid star and help improve a woeful offensive line? That is a big-time yes. At pick 13, I have the Washington Redskins selecting Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver of Alabama. Washington waits, and they get one of the best offensive players in this draft. The Redskins have a good wide receiving core, but they've lost a couple of those players in free agency, and Alex Smith is similar to Kirk Cousins. He needs pieces around him. You saw the offensive talent around him in Kansas City, and when he was at his best in San Francisco, he had a lot of talent around him. So bringing in Ridley, who can be a bona fide number one receiver from day one, will help improve Alex Smith, and they've committed a lot of money. So Alex Smith is going to be their quarterback for at least the next two to three seasons. They have a decent running back. Their defense could use some improvement. There's some impact players they could get on the defensive side. But when the best receiver in the draft falls to them here at 13, and you know that Alex Smith will need help in a division where you're going against competent quarterbacks in Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, and Eli Manning, you're going to have to throw the football in games. you got to give him weapons, and Ridley's the best one on the outside in this draft. At number 14, the Green Bay Packers will take cornerback Josh Jackson out of Iowa. Green Bay could go offensive line. We all know that. They need to help keep Aaron Rodgers upright. But this defense was woeful. And I know they can go get receiver here. But this is a thin wide receiver class. They need an impact corner from day one. Now Josh Jackson is one of those guys who will be an interesting study. Was he a one-year wonder? He had seven interceptions. I won only 14 games. But couldn't really get on the field before that. But this is a kid who look statistically. He was only allowing a 41 completion percentage against him. And he had, once again, those seven picks at Iowa. This is a guy who's always around the ball. They need a kid who can make plays on defense. That's one thing Green Bay's lacking is playmakers on defense. He was one of the biggest playmakers on the defensive side in college football last season. Green Bay would love to have that kind of player in their secondary, so they're going to go with Jackson here at 14. After trading the Bears now at 15, they're going to go with DJ Clark, the wide receiver out of LSU. They could go guard or cornerback, but Mitch Trubisky needs to continue to develop in his second year and needs help on the outside. To go with the fastest while at the combine, that's DJ Clark. Ran a 4-3-4-40 at the combine. Big size, 6'3". He has that size and speed combo to be a dominant number one. He did have a consistency problem in college. Had some troubles getting that separation, but he's a kid that he has speed and even if his route tree is limited early on, Trubisky's got that big arm, so they can hit him with the play action over the top. He's a guy that you're going to have to respect on the outside, so he's going to pull the secondary away from the offensive line, and that's going to help Chicago's great running back. So it makes it a lot of sense for the Bears here to get a weapon for Trubisky, helps the running backs out. Overall, good pick for the Bears here at 15. At 16, I have the Baltimore Ravens slagged Mike Gusecki, the tight end out of Penn State. While the Ravens may try to find that future quarterback to replace Joe Flacco, in the present they need help on offense, wide receiver, tight end, running back. I do think they're going to go Gasecki here. It's a weak tight end class, but and this is a position where this organization has whiffed on in the last few seasons. But Gasecki blew people away at the combine, finishing either first or second in all tight end events. Ran a four-five-four as a tight end, forty-one inch vertical. This is a guy who, even though he's a tight end, could line up in the slot, could even wind up on outside in certain sub-packages. Joe Flacco needs weapons. We talked about Alex Smith gets upgraded and performs better when he has weapons around him. And I think Baltimore in recent years, they've failed to put weapons around Joe Flacco. Now, Flacco's got that big arm. They could use an outside threat, but giving you a security blanket over the middle will be key, especially when you have a lot of blitz happy teams, especially when you're going against the Pittsburgh Steelers who have that great blitzing packages. So I think Gusecki is going to be a nice fit. There's not a lot of great tight ends in this draft, but Gasecki physically is one of those guys, he's the modern day tight end, a guy who can make plays over the middle of the field and has that speed and vertical ability to basically be an outside receiver if need be, but he's labeled as a tight end. And number 17, the Los Angeles Chargers will select Lamar Jackson, the quarterback out of Louisville. The Chargers have many needs, but they have a talented roster. And even though I could see them maybe trying to get a little younger on the offensive line which just starting to get a little long in the tooth, they need to start looking at the succession plan for Phillip Rivers. This is a great situation where Lamar Jackson falls him all the way at 17. I know a lot of personnel is looking at him physically as the physical tools. It's a good situation for him. He goes to an organization where he doesn't have to play right away and can groom and learn from a very good veteran in Phillip Rivers. This is a good chance for the Chargers to really lay a good foundation building toward the future. Could they get an impact player that helps them next year? Absolutely. But the quarterback classes over the next few years aren't going to be very good, and they're going to try to take advantage of it here because they know the draft class won't be that great. They have a talented roster, so they won't be in the top 10 picking for at least the next two, three years in all likelihood. So this is an opportunity to get a potential starting quarterback and a capable one. With Lamar Jackson. Keep in mind also a Heisman Trophy winner. So for that, those reasons, I think this just makes too much sense for the Chargers not to pass on a quarterback here. At 18, I have the how Seahawks drafting Isaiah win the guard out of Georgia. Now, Seahawks, they're going through a major roster overhaul right now. They could go defense, they can go secondary, but the offensive line is woeful. They have a franchise quarterback. They have a franchise quarterback, but he's been running for his life the last few seasons, and we've seen it hurt his production. They're going to get one of the best pass-blocking guards in this NFL draft, and Isaiah went out of Georgia, a guy who can plug in right away and play right away. Keep in mind, this is a division with great interior pass rushes with St. Louis, and the San Francisco 49ers doing a really good job building up that defensive line. You're going to need protection on the inside to give Russell Wilson time to throw the football and we've seen it before. If he has time to make plays, he can make those big plays. So Seattle really has to improve the offensive line. I don't think this is going to be the only pick they use on offensive line. I think you're going to see a lot of picks used on offensive line. This draft for the Seahawks, but they get a good guard. who They can start right away and instantly improves that interior pass blocking. At number 19, I have the Cowboys selecting Dion Kane, the wide receiver out of Clemson. Now, there's been a lot of speculation that the Cowboys would cut Des Bryant and try to move on from Des Bryant because of his massive cap hit. I haven't seen them do that yet. Could it still happen? That's a possibility. But even if they somehow kept Bryant, this receiving core needs to be upgraded. And getting Kane out of Clemson, he's a big kid, fast kid, one of those receivers from Clemson that was a playmaker in college. And if you're going to keep Bryant, it gives him a number two. Because keep in mind, Dak Prescott's going to need help and Jason Witten is another year older. Des Bryant's another year older. He needs a new wide receiver to not only help him next year, but to develop chemistry moving forward. And Kane has the potential that he can start maybe as the number two or three option in Dallas, but maybe by next year he becomes that number one option for Dak Prescott as he continues to develop into the quarterback for America's team. And at number 20, the Detroit Lions are going to take Darren Payne, the defensive tackle of Alabama. Even with Ansa returning, the Lions need help on their defensive line. There's some pass rushers, but they fit more of that outside 3-4 backer instead of a 4-3 end. Lions still need to beef up that defensive line. Getting a guy like Payne instantly improves the run defense, but it also helps the pass rush. Now, Darren Payne could be a 5-7 to seven sack guy. We saw him dominate the interior of the defensive line for Alabama against Georgia and in the college football playoffs in his entire career, basically, at Alabama. But more importantly, he's one of those guys He's going to command double teams in the middle of that defense. It gets more one-on-one matchups for the defensive lineman for Detroit and gets more pass rushing lanes over. So this is a trickle knock pick in terms of helping the Lions pass rush. It also instantly helps their run defense. So this gives them a good defensive lineman to really build a good foundation around on that defensive line, Detroit. Now, 21, the Bengals. After trading down with Buffalo, they're still going to get a quarterback, Mason Rudolph, out of Oklahoma State. The Bengals are trying to move off Andy Dalton. We've seen them really kick the tires on trying to move him. This team is in rebuild mode as well. They should draft a succession plan at quarterback. Next year's draft is not a good one for quarterbacks. and Even the year after, which is still a bit off, doesn't look too promising. Now, the Bengals could hope over the next two years to get a high enough pick to get a franchise quarterback. But this is a rich quarterback class, and Rudolph is one of those kids who physically looks like he can be the part in the NFL. And it's a good situation for him to come in. He's coming from that wide-open offensive of the Big 12. He's going to need to sit and learn. Getting a veteran like Dalton over the next few years, maybe a year or two, help train him, get him ready. And if things go well, if he really progresses well, gets the offense uh, over this next season, he could potentially be the starting quarterback for the Bengals in 2019. So I think this is a good plan for them. Could they maybe trade up at the back end or trade down to maybe get another quarterback or help another need on their team? Absolutely. But once again, this is a rich quarterback class. The next few year draft are not going to be that great for quarterbacks. And this is a team that's really starting to look for that succession plan after Andy Dalton. It just too many things line up. For them not to pick a quarterback and not pick Mason Rudolph here at 21. So after that trade with the Bills earlier, the Browns have the 22nd pick in the draft. So from the Bills' pick, they're going to take Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker out of Virginia Tech. Linebacker isn't their biggest need for the Browns, but they can't pass up on the opportunity to get one of the best athletes in this draft. Edmonds is that modern-day linebacker. He's a six-foot-five kid that can run a four-five four-five-40. Linebacker isn't the biggest need on the Browns. But this is a team they have to look to draft the best players, especially coming off that 0-16 season. They need to get the best players available, and Edmonds is one of those. He's a 4 5 40 guy, that's 6'5". He's the definition of a modern-day linebacker. Can cover, can play the run game as well as anybody. You can move him around different spots, outside, inside, in the Browns 3-4 scheme. He's going to be a playmaker. Now they already have Garrett to build around that defensive line. Now they get another huge building block with Edmonds in the middle. This is a team, and now you've seen what the picks they have. They get their franchise quarterback, they got a potential left tackle, and now they got a playmaking linebacker on the first round. So trading down four helps Cleveland to get a couple more players, to get a great defensive player in Edmonds. They adjust the offensive line, possibly get their left tackle for the next decade, but more importantly, get Donald at number one. So the Browns trading back out of four for the Bills who move up. Bills get their quarterback, and the Browns get two talented players that will make immediate impacts next year and potentially could be building blocks for the next decade in Cleveland. At 23, I have the LA Rams taking James Daniels, the center of Iowa. Don't kid yourself. One of the reasons for Todd Gurley's success last year and Jared Goss was because of the improved offensive line. Now, John Sullivan is the Rams center at 32. The Rams have made some offensive moves this offseason, but they really haven't addressed the offensive line. Now, Daniels Is one of those guys, could he potentially play next year? Maybe not, but at least it gives them a good succession plan, a guy they could tool to become the starting center next year. Especially Sean McVay knows the value of good offensive linemen, so he gets the best center available in this draft that will continue to help Jared Goff and Todd Gurley improve that offense for years to come. Now at 24, I have Carolina taking offensive tackle Jamarco Jones out of Ohio State. Carolina can go a lot of different directions. But we've seen them lose offensive line from free agency, and they need to improve upon. Now, Cam Newton's getting hit way too much. Jamarco Jones is one of those guys. He isn't one of the high-end prospects that really wows you, but he's just a solid football player who you can put in right away, and he can start right away and hold his own at left tackle and protect Cam Newton's blindside. And even if he they don't feel confident that he can do that right away, he can instantly plug in at right tackle. This is a guy that improves their offensive line. We're seeing better pass rushes in Atlanta and New Orleans. I mean, there's some decent pass rushes in this division. They need to protect Cam Newton, who's been taking way too many shots. Like I said, over the last few years, so getting a guy like Jones, who can start instantly on that offensive line, is too good to pass up here at 24. At 25, at Tennessee Titans taking Harold Landry, the edge rusher out of Boston College. Look for Tennessee to go defense. They got Mark very bold, defensive-minded coach. Wants to switch to the three-four. Needs an outside linebacker. And Landry's one of those 3-4 edge guys compared to a Bruce Irvin, a guy who really can burn off the edge. May not the most great pass rushing move, not great spin move, but he can just beat guys with pure speed, which is something you can't teach. But Rabel, professional linebacker, we saw what he did in New England. This could be a guy he can take under his wing and develop into a double-digit sack guy. And keep in mind, he only played nine games last year, but still had five sacks, even despite an injury. So this kid can play, and more importantly, he can get off the edge. And in a division where you have quarterbacks that are mobile, like Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson, having a guy that can get off the edge and get up the field and into the backfield to disrupt the passing game is crucial. At 26, I have Atlanta taking Tim Sell, the defensive tackle for Virginia Tech. Now, Atlanta needs to improve their interior, their defensive line. And Sell was a guy who I watched a lot, Virginia Tech and the ACC, always appeared off my screen in. They moved him around a lot. He would play defensive end, nose tackle, defensive tackle, whenever the scheme called upon him. Very agile for a 335-pounder. Can move around. I think will be an instant day one starter. They can move him around sub packages. Seattle was always built around dominant defensive lines. This gives him another great defensive lineman to work with who's versatile and can rush as an interior pass rusher. Just makes too much sense for Atlanta not to go this direction. And Atlanta doesn't have too many holes that are glaring, so they're able to take just a good prospect here to help them next season. At 27, I have the New Orleans Saints taking Raquan Smith, the outside linebacker out of Georgia. Last year, the Saints, they, always, they wanted the approach, get the best player on the board. Right here, that's what they do again, Raquan Smith. A little bit undersized, but he fits. Now, a lot of the teams looking for outside linebackers, they're looking for those 3-4 pass rushers. He's a 4-3 weak side outside linebacker, but he's got great, tremendous speed, fits that scheme. And you look at the pieces they've had on that defense. Good young players. This is a kid who is a ball hawk. He's a playmaker. 95 tackles last year with the Bulldogs. Played really well in the championship games and in the uh, regular season. And the Saints now, they have a new identity. They're going to run the football. They want to play the time of possession. And they've done a really good job building up a good young defense. It's just another weapon they can throw on that defense. An outside linebacker who can cover, especially in the slot. Gives them another great young defensive prospect. And this is really starting to become a great young nucleus of defensive talent. And this could be a defense that, if things break right, we're talking about as one of the better units in 2018. Now, at 28, I have the Steelers going with Ronnie Harrison, the safety out of Alabama. Now, the loss of Ryan Shazier Ch- last year, no question it impacted the Steelers. Could they go linebacker? Absolutely. But safety was a big area as well. This is a team that got beat over the top. And when Pittsburgh is great, they have a good physical safety that can play the ball. Ronnie Harrison fits that bill from Alabama. He had 74 tackles and three picks for the Crimson Titans. He's one of those guys who's physical in the run game, but more importantly, could play the pass. And that's what Pittsburgh's defense really thrives upon is when they have great safety play. So I think you can get a linebacker down the road in the second or third round, but it's very hard to find an impact safety like Harrison could be. From day one and when Pittsburgh is great they have a good safety and he could potentially fit that city and that franchise with his style of play like a glove. Now Jacksonville is interesting at 29 because you came into this offseason they needed guard, they needed tight end and wide receiver but they've addressed all those positions in free agency and there really isn't a roster outside of the quarterback that may be better than Jacksonville's in the entire NFL from top to bottom, unit to unit. But that being said, one of the areas where this team could see improvement, now they had a great secondary last year, but it's really built around the cornerback position. Now, with the way the passing game has evolved in the NFL, could they just decide to take one of the best prospects at the board? Now, this is a prime spot at 29 where Jacksonville, I could see them trading back for a quarterback, but I don't see a quarterback that teams are really going to be jumping for to get ahead of other teams right at the back end of the first round at this point. But I have Jacksonville taking Derwin James, the safety out of Florida State. Versatile safety, ball hawking guy, can instantly play day one, could potentially be a starting safety for this team next year, but it just helps build up that already great secondary. But more importantly, this is a Tom Coughlin organization. He wants character guys, and there might not be a better character guy than James, compared a lot to Jamal Adams, Of last year's draft, this is a kid who is always in the film session. He would actually host film sessions for his teammates on the weekend. And, of course, he has a lot of great ball-hawking skills at the safety. Now, Jacksonville's in a luxury position where they don't necessarily have a big need at this point. Could they go receiver? Sure. But getting a guy like James, more importantly, the impact he could have on the locker room may have more of an impact than what he could do on the field next year. But this is a guy who can come in. Maybe not play every single snap on defense, but could act as a third safety and give this scary secondary another ball hawk. And it could be very difficult to move the ball, especially in the passing game, against that elite secondary in Jacksonville. Now at 30, I have the Minnesota Vikings selecting Will Hernandez, the offensive guard out of Texas El Paso. Now this is a kid, he's a nasty guy, really sets the tone with his attitude, Three hundred forty-eight pounder, he is a mauler. He's going to help the running game. And one of the areas on Minnesota they struggle with is the offensive line. Now, they need a tackle. Now, is there a great tackle at this point? I know you could kick the tires really on one guy that you could consider was Orlando Brown of Oklahoma. But he had one of the worst combines for a position player in recent memories. I think him being out of shape will scare teams to draft him in the first round. He's going to fall, in my opinion, to the second round. So they're going to draft Hernandez. Who can be a day one starter as a guard, helps protect Kirk Cousins, but more importantly will be a good guy that sets the tone on that offensive line, gives Minnesota a little bit of a nasty streak in the trenches, which I think will be a good thing and will have a trickle down effect to whatever young offensive lineman they're bringing in. I think this is like Seattle earlier, we could see multiple picks used on offensive linemen in this draft. At 31, I have the New England Patriots drafting a quarterback, believe it or not. Now, New England's in a position of luxury where they have a couple of early second round picks. Now, could they go tight end here because of the rumors around Gronkowski maybe not coming back next year and because of how important the tight end is in their offense? Maybe. But I think they're going to get Kyle Lauletta. Don't forget that. Kyle Lauletta, the quarterback out of Richmond. Now... He's been moving up draft boards. He had a great senior bowl going, 12 of 18, passing three touchdowns. But the scary thing is, I mean, he's been compared to Garoppolo for skill set, size, production, similar play in the FCS, uh, really impressed people at the senior bowl, kind of similar trajectory. And we've seen what Garoppolo's done. New England could be looking for their next Garoppolo. And to me, he just fits that mold so well. New England could possibly trade up in the second round to grab him picks and with the run on quarterbacks New England might just pull the trigger and say we're going to find our next quarterback project who we can develop in three or four years we don't love him, we can trade him but we're going to look to try to find the next heir to Tom Brady and this is a team that they draft quarterbacks they're thin at that position they like to have a lot of quarterbacks in the room so I think Bill Belichick's going to pull the trigger and draft Kyle Oletta out of Richmond and finally the Philadelphia Eagles Another prime pick that to be traded back, especially for a quarterback needy team. And after New England drafted a quarterback at 31, he might panic to trade with the Eagles. But the Eagles decide to keep the pick. They're going to draft Rashawn Evans, linebacker out of Alabama. They could go tackle or corner. But to me, Evans is going to slide right into that defense. He's a big playmaker now. He had a groin injury last season, which has decreased his value. But He's one of those linebackers we've talked about, can play the pass very well. And this is a deep roster, but one position that they could improve on is a little bit more athletic in the linebacking course. So I think Evans makes a lot of sex out Alabama for the Eagles here at 32. And that's going to do it for us here at Rich Sports Talk. We'll have the next mock Draft coming in the coming weeks. We're glad to have you on. If you agree with our draft or would like to get in contact with us, you can always reach us at richsportstalk at gmail.com. That's richsportstalk at gmail.com. Broadcasting on TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spreaker and of course iTunes and we would love to get that feedback from you but once again this is our mock draft next episode we're going to talk about that New York Jets trade go more detail why the Jets pulled the trigger what does it mean for the Colts and what does it mean for the rest of draft moving up to get a quarterback going to talk NBA as well a little bit of March Madness on the next episode but but of course we're going to keep doing these mock drafts all the way up until April once again the importance of a quarterback we've seen a lot of quarterbacks go off the board this is a rich quarterback class And there's a lot of teams that are desperate for a franchise quarterback, so there might be even more trades in the real NFL draft. But thank you so much for joining us. I'm Nolan Rich. Until next time, Rich Sports Talk.